श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय गौर नित्यानंद की जाय गौर भक्तवृंद की जाय गौर प्रेम आनंदे सो गुड टू बी हियर विद एवरीवन वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग आवर डिस्कशन ऑफ श्री रामानंद संवाद कन्वर्सेशन बिटवीन चैतन्य महाप्रभु एंड रॉय राम सेंट्रल पीस टू द चैतन्य चरित अमृता Where Mahaprabhu was asked Roy Ram to speak about the goal of life and how to attain it, and we've gone quite high on that um, ladder of possibilities as to what the goal of life might be and, and the means to attain it. We've ascended from Varnashram idea of religion to uh, Radha Prem. That's quite a distance. distance of feeling and uh and uh spiritual realization and intimacy and acquaintance with the nature of our uh source and um this is uh, is as i have explained really beginning with sakirasa it's all off the map hmm uh this is the uh the the uh, sakiras of brindavan which is what has been suggested here and then vatsalya rasa and madhurya rasa and then within madhurya rasa the the, the uh madhurya uh, prem the prem of radha kanta prem hmm? within yeah, gopi's love radha's love radha prem so all of this is off the map and it's very um elevated subject matter <clears throat> and uh, so mahaprabhu is staggered by uh, what he's heard and ramananda roy is, is as well uh um, astounded by what has come out of his his mouth he, we find here in gorlila of course this interplay in which um uh, mahaprabhu knows everything he doesn't know anything hmm? Ramananda is the teacher and Ramananda is the servant of the, of the god who's before him and so there's again I've in other times explained that Gaur Lila the the land of Navadweep this is of course outside of Navadweep Mahaprabhu has left Navadweep he's gone to Puri's in South India and this is the real reason he went to South India hmm? ostensibly he went for preaching and he did preaching and spreading the yoga dharma but this stop early on is what it's really all about <clears throat> why he went south <laughs> and uh um and, and but but I've explained that Gorlila in general mostly with regard to Navadweep because this is the eternal lila that we want to enter into into Navadweep not into the Puri lila or the South India lila which are pointing towards the uh, Navadweep lila the Nadi lila which is non-different from Vrindavan hmm? I've compared it before to a reverse jacket where it's black and gold with black being the primary color and gold being the um the cuffs or the sleeves or something like that. and when you reverse it out it's the opposite gold is the body and something like that so Krishna be, from being the enjoyer becomes the the from being the object of love he becomes the personification of the love hmm? um as we'll see when we ascend 
to the heights of still yet to come. Here, we, as I'll explain, we're reaching a bit of a resting point to catch our breath. But as we ascend again and reach the heights, we'll find that that it is the Radha and Krishna in their pursuit of love. When you love someone, you want to become one with them. And they become so successful in their love that that Radha thinks herself Krishna, Krishna thinks himself Radha. So you can say that it was completely successful, but the two of them are still existing. This is a problem. <laughs> and the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is the answer. He is the two of them hmm? combined in one. There are no longer two. The two are completely one. Hmm? In Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is... Uh, the perfection, really, of Radha Krishna's love and pursuit of uniting with one another. So, at any rate, this Nadia Leela I've described as, this is my point, sadhana siddha bhumi, where siddhas are enacting Leela as, as sadhakas, Bhumi means land, that land, that place, that sacred place where everyone is a siddha, but they're acting like a sadhaka. And they're not just acting like sadhakas, because they play the roles well enough to become absorbed in them and think themselves sadhakas. But sometimes they say, we're siddhas and sadhakas. So it's going back and forth like this. So we just passed a section where as I say, Ramananda is astounded as what's coming out of his mouth, as is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and they praise one another, and they, and they, um, um, and they would be the opposite. They praise one another, and they deprecate themselves. Hmm. So Mahaprabhu is like, we can imagine grabbing onto him and saying, "What you're saying is just like nectar." And uh, this is this is uh, life-giving and, uh, and and so deeply nourishing and ecstatic. And Ramana says, "Actually, I am just amplifying through my mouth what what you are causing to say from within my heart." And Mahaprabhu says, well, no, "What are you talking? About? I'm just a Mayavadi sannyasi." Uh, took sannyas from the Shankar Sampradaya. What, what Krishna Das, you will find, is not very fond of Mayavad philosophy. Um, and he uses the term Mayavad, Mayavadi, uh, throughout the book uh, when the opportunity presents itself. And so there's a very strong, um, in, the, in the context of the formation of the of the let's say, in, in the context of formulating orthodox Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? That's what Chaitanya Charitamrita is. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was understood by Rupa Goswami, who was empowered by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to, to give what he was about to the world. And so this is the view of, of Rupa Goswami, the Goswamis, uh, and, and Sri Rupa in particular, Hmm. 
as through, coming through the pen of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami, and as I've other times, other times explained, it's 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 forming what is the orthodox? Because there are a lot of different ideas. Uh, this is this is the council of Nicaea in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, if you will. It was a council in Christianity, I believe, called the Council of Nicaea, where there were a lot of different ideas about who Christ was and what not and doctrines, and they got together and they decided what was orthodox, what was heterodox, and and then a church was formed, an institution. Hmm? And so this is the book is this this forming that uh, institution that we know to be Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Such an important role it plays, and so in the context of doing that, he he makes um, he takes strides, uh, um, sectarian strides. I mean, he's forming a sect here. I mean, there's a positive connotation to to sectarianism as well, as there may be, a, a, and more often, um, it's thought a, a, a negative connotation to the idea of sectarianism. So there's a healthy side. So to form a sect. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing that, and so he he's drawing different lines. And as they say, within those who are worshippers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, some ideas are thought to be heterodox, like Gornagar, for example, the idea that Krishna, that you could have paramour love with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He rejects that, um, and he he see he he includes in here. He's he's not including Shantarasa. Hmm? In, in 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 as one of the uh, ideals of Chaitanya Bhakti, hmm? it is a rasa. We'll give you that and so forth, yeah. and it has its place. But it's again attained by Gyan Mishra Bhakti. Hmm? So when we have Gyan Shunya Bhakti, then it begins with Dasya Prem and Sakya Prem and. These things are included. Hmm? Again in this chapter, he'll say, as he has already, earlier in this chapter and, in, and earlier on in chapter 4, that there are different types of devotees and they have different types of love for Krishna. Hmm? The subjective reality of the devotee is what is the ultimate reality for the devotee. So this is just one example of how certain things are included. He didn't say, you know... Sakyaras is not part of us here. Or that's all, you know. Uh, it, this is part of Braj Bhakti. This is uh, we've explained how that Vatsali is included in the window through the Sambandha Rupa of, of Nityananda Prabhu presiding over mm, Dasya Vatsalya in the context of his 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 Sakya and so forth, the little window of that. But at any rate. These things are included, other things or ideas are included, but one thing that's not included, and he makes it very clear, hmm? and I think more clear than any other um, author prior to him, hmm? um, that Mayavad is not part of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. You've got to get this out of your head and heart. Hmm? I've explained before that after the introduction, to his book, The Sacred Preface, The Mongol Charan, which covers, uh, what, seven chapters. Uh, After he finished explaining his Mongol Charan, his auspicious invocation, in in six and a half chapters, really six and and a third chapters, first third of the seventh chapter, suddenly he launches into a narrative. What is that narrative? 
he tells a story, in other words, part of the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He suddenly jumps to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is in Banaras, dancing and chanting, and his dancing and chanting is being objected to by um, the Prakashananda Saraswati, leader of 60,000 sannyasis and Banaras, and, and so forth. And so the whole the story, he starts telling the story of what happened there. And he inserts Vedanta, Gaudi Vedanta philosophy, and, and he explains it by way of, partially by way and largely by way of saying, it's not this Advaita Vedanta stuff. It's not this Mayavad. Hmm? It's, it's not uh, Vivartavad. It's, it's um, Shakti Parinam. Vod and Chinti Beta Beta, a term you're not familiar with, but Chinti uh, uh, Beta Beta rather than, than Advaita, and, and the Lord has a form and uh, qualities and so on and so forth. And, and um, you kind of wonder, what's that doing there? And, but, and, and then after that chapter, he goes on and explains how he how he came to write the book, hmm? how he was authorized and asked to write the book, and then he starts introducing the different major players, who are the followers of Nityananda, the followers of Gadadhar, the followers of Madhvaita, hmm? naming them so many of them, and then he begins the narrative, with in the obvious place, the advent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Events just preceding that, the advent, the birth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and it goes on like this, somewhat chronologically. So what's this other section doing here about Mahaprabhu converting the Mayavadis? Hmm? And the story is told again later on where it fits better chronologically late, late in the, maybe at the very end of the Madhya Leela. Hmm? So he tells it twice, and he sticks it in this in the beginning like this, and um, and so he he makes an effort to say, I want to say that you to become a devotee to understand what I'm talking about, you got to get this mylod out of your system. It was a prominent teaching of Vedanta out and about at the time. Mahaprabhu, of course, goes to Banaras on his way to Vrindavan. So this is also the message. If you want to enter Vrindavan, you got to. You can't be a Mayavadi <laughs> and enter it. And, and, and it's really, really true. Hmm? Because if you have ever read an Advaitin or a Mayavadin's um, commentary on the Bhagavatam, hmm? It is. He, you can see this guy has never gone to Vrindavan. He never. He doesn't understand the Brajalila at all. He's, he, he causes everything beautiful and charming about the Brajalila to just evaporate hmm. into it's all Brahman, and, and, and it's just like so boring. I mean, if you it, it's so dry. And so, of course, from our perspective, so offensive. Like, what is Vrindavan? When we hear from the Goswamis, the feelings they have for this, I mean, they're just so um, compelling. Hmm? When they'll speak 
can write the leelas uh, about Vatsali Ras and Madhuriya Ras and and, uh, and uh, Sakya Ras and so forth. It's so charming, compelling. They're really dealing with what really what makes Krishna supreme. Hmm? What about him that makes him his charm, his beauty, his capacity to love, his, his affectionate nature and so forth. And more, the nature of the devotees, their feelings, their love. It's so um, compelling. And none of that is there. It's all like taken out, commented away into, into, into you know, just awareness. This is the idea of anyway, anyway to God is awareness. You are awareness. Awareness of what? <laughs> and for what? It's very so so he wants to anyway, get this out of um, everyone's head. Hmm? He makes quite a quite an effort. I don't know how we got into that part there. Oh yeah. So, because so Mahaprabhu says here, I'm just a Mayavadi sannyasi, because hmm? uh, he took his sannyas from Keshva Bharati. Of course, we know the story how he first explained the meaning of the mantra to Keshva Bharati and gave him ostensibly Vaishnav sannyas diksha, and then he took the mantra from him. But on the surface, he's a Mayavadi sannyasi. He says, "What do I know about anything?" And then so this, he deprecates himself when Ramananda. Um, glorifies him. Hmm? And then, of course, Ramananda will deprecate himself, as he has here in this section. It says, I'm nothing, I'm just an instrument, hmm? like a violin, and you are the violinist, and my strings are vibrating the sounds that you are causing them to make. Hmm? And so these kind of, these are very devotional attitudes, self-deprecation on the one part and the glorification of the other, on the other hand. And it's done in a natural way, in a meaningful way. They are both overwhelmed by what's happened. You have an authentic speaker and an authentic inquirer, and you have something, a, a very, an environment where something very extraordinary can happen. Hmm. There's this famous story of, of three alwars, I believe it's three Alwars, the poets and mystics who predated Ramanuja, who systematized what they were about, really, into the doctrine of Vashishta Dvaita, a form of Vaishnav Vedanta from the Sri Sampradaya. It's a Vaidimarg Sampradaya, but powerful and, and uh, deeply uh, theistic and insightful tradition. Anyway, they are traveling, hmm? and they are in a... Um, a lonely place, holed up in a cave or something like that, and they're discussing. Satam prasangam alavir sambhito babanti rit karnarasayana kata tajoshana dash papavargavatmani shatharatir bhaktim anukranashati. This is what they do. Satam prasanga. These honest people. Satam Prasanga Association of Thoroughly Honest People is, it involves Mamabiriya Sambido. Krishna says, speaking about my virtues. And such speaking 
is like a rasahayana kata. It's, it's like an, an elixir that's life extending. Hmm? If you get close to that, it will go in your ear, enter your heart, and you will move from initial shraddha, faith that's caused, uptarati, bhav, and prem, step by step. So association is, is very powerful. So the three of them, this is what they do. They get together and they're talking about Hari. Uh, advanced devotees, they're talking about Hari. And and, um, and Sridhar Marsh told the story. I wasn't with it at the time, but um, I heard the story. They were sitting on his veranda and it was a little later in the evening. And there were two disciples of Prabhupada and Sridhar Marsh was speaking. And somehow the subject turned to Swami Maharaj. Hmm? which is the name, the sannyas name of our Prabhupada and how Sridhar Maharaj would affectionately refer to his godbrother. Hmm? And so he was talking about Prabhupada and remembering him and, and so forth. And, 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 and became quiet. Hmm? And he referred to this story hmm? by way of saying, and I think there the story goes something like I think there is an there is someone else here. The three of them in the cave are talking about Hari, and suddenly they they, they stop and I feel the presence of a fourth person here, hmm? and they all confirm. Hmm? You understand? Yatragayanti Madbhakta. Naham Vaikunta Tishtami Yoginam Jayeshuva. I am not, Krishna says, in the hearts of the yogis, neither I am in Vaikunta, hmm, O Narada. But wherever my devotees are speaking about me, chanting my name, there I am present. So when Sridhar Maharaj was telling the story, and then he stopped. He's speaking about Prabhupada, and he stopped, and he said, I feel the presence, I feel there is a fourth person amongst us. He's blind, hmm? practically blind, goggles on, you know, like this thick, and can't see. And he says, I feel the fourth person. There's another amongst us. But he's looked around, and he was experiencing that Prabhupada became present. Hmm? in the context of earnest speaking about so such things are possible. Hmm? Hmm. The power of such kata, so authorized, a bona fide speaker and qualified listeners, earnest listeners, what they will draw from the speaker. Hmm? Something will come down. This is, this is the formula that you need. Hmm? Qualified speaker, selfless, and, and real self-interest on the part of the listeners, real interest in their real, what's good for them. Hmm? Earnestly hearing and wanting to know what's good for me, even if in order to do what's good for me, it will cause me some difficulty, physically speaking or mentally speaking. I'm prepared for that. I want that. Hmm? I Tell it to me. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Give me the bad news. I'll always take the bad news first. Hmm? I stomach that, and I know it's only good from here. 
on up. <laughs> it's only getting better from here. <laughs> so, of course, there's no bad news in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Just service opportunities. Hmm? Sometimes heavy lifting, sometimes light. Hmm? But the objective, all to please Krishna. Hmm? So Mahaprabhu, this way, deprecating himself, glorifying Ramananda. Ramananda glorifying Mahaprabhu, deprecating himself. Hmm? He deprecates himself, Ramananda Mahaprabhu, says, Kiba Vipraki Banasi, Sudra Kenenai, Ye Krishna Tattva Veta, Sei Guru Hai. You may be, he says, Ramana says, I'm just a Sudra. Hmm? And you're an exalted saint. I shouldn't even be here like this. Mahaprabhu more or less cuts him off. Kibabhi Sudra Kenanai. We we are so we were so high, Radha Prem, and as I said in my last class, then we take take it back takes it right back down to Varnashram. Hmm? To say, once again, this isn't Varnashram. <laughs> That's not where it's at. In other words, Ramana said, I'm a sudra, I'm a low person. How could I possibly teach you? And Mahaprabhu says, I don't care if you're a low person, whatever people think you are, by any type of material estimation, social, religious uh, standard, that it makes no difference to me. Whether you're a kibabipra, whether you're a brahman, kibanasi, whether you're a sannyasi, sudra can and I, whether you're a sudra. Hmm? If you, if anyone, ye Krishna Tattva Veta, if Krishna Tattva Veta, if one Veta, if one knows Krishna Tattva, ye Krishna Tattva Veta, say Guru Hai, that person is my Guru. Hmm? Now you see, even in the Vaishnava community, there's so much formality. Well, he, I'm, you know, I joined before him. I'm senior than him. I'm older than him. I'm a man. Hmm? You hear these kind of things. She's a woman. Hmm? Whatever that is. And they, they, go, they think like this. Or, or um, I'm a sannyasi. Hmm? I'm the guru. That's the disciple. The real guru doesn't think like that. Hmm? Sometimes he or she has to think like that. Wait a minute. When he sees the disciples acting properly, then he has to say, or she has to say, I'm the guru, you're the disciple, you do like this. Hmm? But hmm, the, really the guru sees, we're all servants, this is my service, that's your service, we're all working together in this. I'm learning from you also, your questions are causing me to think about it in ways I have not had to, and so many wonderful things come from that and so forth. Hmm? So no ego there, hmm? yeah. uh, and, and ready, to, always eager to learn. As Sri Ramarsh said, Sri say, "Students forever. We're all students forever, given the nature of the subject matter." Hmm? But we see how people fall from this idea. And I'm Indian. Indians are the real, you know. Now, maybe when you get born in India in your next life, you know, because Western these guys are Western. Sannyasis and gurus, you know, they're they're bogus. As I've said before, though, there's no place in the world where there are more bogus gurus per capita than than India. 
That is the land of bogus gurus. And the good gurus, of course, too, are rare anywhere. Hmm? And this is the teaching here. Anywhere, from any situation, from any birth, any any sex, any any status in society, or whatever may be the case, if they know about Krishna, Krishna Tattva Veta, say Guru Hai. Hmm? So we don't care for these type of social and religious uh, considerations when they get in the way of bhakti. If they don't get in the way of bhakti and they have some application, they may maybe 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 useful. Of course, we don't we don't live in a Varnashram society. This doesn't mean to do away with etiquette. There's etiquette within Vaishnavism. There's Vaishnav etiquette, and that's very charming and beautiful. We should know that. We should learn that. Hmm. But. Here, a very spiritually essential statement of Mahaprabhu. That he embraces Ramana as his Ragmarg guru. Hmm? And so he says, and you know Krishna Tattva, tell me about Krishna Tattva. Hmm? So we, he suddenly now takes the conversation from very high feelings of bhava, the feelings of Radha for Krishna, Krishna's feelings for Radha, hmm? We heard in Rasa dance how she was not happy and then he could not be happy even surrounded by millions of other gopis. What is her position then? How much she has play on his life? Hmm? Oh, we cannot imagine hmm? the measure, the extent of that. And, and we're hearing that the supreme personality of Godhead, Krishna, is running into the forest looking for Radha and he can't find her. And he sits and weeps and laments. Oh, how will I ever make amends? Hmm. These are very high ideas. And, and and there we get some feeling what Krishna is like. Hmm. From Vasant, from 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 Sarat Purnim. Hmm. And also from Vasant uh, Rasali of the springtime, Rasali of the Gita Govinda, and there, how Radha feels. There she's the center, hmm? more overtly. So we, how they feel for one another. And this is our object of love, Radha and Krishna. Well, it's, you start, if you listen carefully with your, with your heart and attentive mind, you, you can get a little feeling what they're like, and then you chant Hare Krishna. I know Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. I know them. Hare Ram, Hare Ram. This is, what this is who they are. This is, and they, I, I should be, yes, Hare Krishna, this chanting, they're so charming, they're so beautiful, they're so, they're, the nature of their love for one another is so uh, compelling. In so many levels, it speaks to us. Hmm? And, and, it, how we should be, in, you know, in a general sense, and how desirable is their association. Such a pure thing that we don't find it in the world. It should be served. We feel like that. So then we chant our japa, and it becomes real. Hmm? Not just a sound, but there's Hare Krishna. There's a person, Radha Krishna. Hmm? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. It's the idea of hearing these things. of something little stick. What Krishna's like? What Radha's like? What Ram is like? 
this is how we start to turn the theological, theoretical person into a real person and the false person that we thought was the real person, me, is dissolving. It's so unbecoming hmm? in comparison hmm? to them. Hmm? And that I want. And I want it. And my feeling, real feelings of wanting it, it, it starts, I want to serve it, that thing. Hmm? That preem. Hmm? That they that, that they are meeting together and, and waves of preem coming out. So from such a high place, now Mahaprabhu says, Tell me about Krishna Tattva, some some truth about... Let's get some philosophy here because we're getting way out there. Hmm? We're getting way out there on this Radha and Krishna. So who, who... Bring it down to earth. Who are they in another sense, philosophically? Hmm? What's the philosophical canvas, as I often refer to it, on which this art of Leela, Bhava, feeling and love is, is drawn? Hmm? They're not just ordinary boys and girls. So, let's, so, so this is a good exercise, and it's, it, it's a chance to catch your breath before we ascend higher, still, if that's imaginable. Hmm? So he offers some philosophical stepping stone. He will talk about Krishna Tattva, then he will speak about Radha Tattva. Hmm? Then we'll go to Prem Tattva and go go up. Hmm? So a little a little kind of like a philosophical stepping stone to get some firm footing on. Hmm? Take a deep breath and again we'll climb the heights hmm? of all that Chaitanya Vaishnavism offers. So Ramanand of course is is willing and uh and um, and able, hmm? um, so he reverts to his position as Vishak Gopi, knowing these things very well and instructing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And so he says, "What?" Uh, got past the section here. Anyway, he, he so he he begins. Yes, he begins with a, a very uh, powerful and important uh, verse from Brahma Samhita. And he explains in in his, in Bengali the meaning of it. Then he cites it: Raikahyami Nartatumi Sutradhar Ye Matanachau Taiche Chahinachivar. Ramana said, "I'm just a dancing puppet." You pull the strings, whichever way you want me to dance, I will dance. Morjibha bina jantra dhumi bina dhari. Tomaram mane je utte tathai uchari. My dear Lord, my tongue is just like a stringed instrument, you are its player. Therefore, I simply vibrate whatever arises in your mind. Parama Ishwara Krishna Swayam Bhagavan. Sarva abhutari sarva karana pradhan. 
আনন্ত বৈকুণ্ঠ আর অনন্ত অবতার অনন্ত ব্রহ্মন্দ ইহান সবার আধার সচ্চিদানন্দ থনু ব্রজেন্দ্রনন্দন সর্বৈশ্বর্য সর্বশক্তি সর্বরসপূর্ণা So he gives three verses here and basically he explains the significance of a couple of verses now that he will cite pramana verses evidential evident verses of, uh, from this from the greater body of sacred text from brahma samhita and he will quote from bhakti rasamrita sindhu uh, he also quote from bhagavatam but here are the two verses i want to cover, I don't know if we'll get to them, but uh, yeah, he's described something about them by saying, Paramishwar Krishna Swayam Bhagavan. Hmm? Krishna is the Paramishwar. He is the Swayam Bhagavan. He means the original personality of Godhead, fountainhead of all manifestations of, of, the, of the Godhead. Sarva Avatari, so hmm? the uh, source of all avatars. Sarva Karna Pradhan, the the uh, the cause of all causes ananta vaikunta ananta ananta avatar ananta brahmanda ihan sabar adhar so innumerable vaikunta planets come from him innumerable incarnations innumerable universes krishna is the resting place of them all sachidananda tanu hmm? he has a body of sachidananda hmm? And um, and Brajinda Nandan, he's the son of. At the same time, he's the son of uh, of Nanda Maharaj. Sarvaishvarya, Sarva Shakti, Sarvarasapurna. He's full of all Aishvarya, all Shakti, and uh, full full of Rasa. So now he quotes the verse: Ishwar Parama Krishna. Satchirananda Vigraha Anadiradir Govinda Sarva Karana Karanam. So again, this is from Brahma Samhita. Brahma Samhita is an important uh, book. It's said to be uh, c- consist of a hundred chapters, but the only chapter that is available and known is the fifth chapter, and this chapter was made known by none other than Sri Chaitanya Dev himself, who later in his tours in South India, found the fifth chapter in the cave of the temple in South India and um, I guess he transposed or transcribed it himself and brought it back. When he, when he came back uh, to Puri, he was carrying this book and um, another book called Yuva uh, Mangal's um, book, Krishna Karnamritam. Books that um, um, encapsulate the tattva, Brahma Samhita, and the bhava, Krishna Karnamrita, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Mm-hmm. So they were much praised by Krishna Kaviraj Goswami when he mentions in the narrative how Mahaprabhu returned with these books and so forth. And so this is the first verse of the, the Brahma Samhita's fifth chapter. And it's been uh, commented on by by Jiva Goswami and uh, later in more recent times by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Hmm. 
Um, it's often thought that Bhakti Siddhanta made a commentary, but actually he made an English translation of Bhakti Thakur's commentary. These commentaries are all available in English from different moths have published them. Um, Iskon members have published a couple of editions, and Chaitanya Saraswat moth has a published edition, and and also the uh, and, and a group of the Narayan Maharaj also published a nice edition. So, this is anyway the first verse. Ishvar Parama Krishna. Hmm? Um, so he says that uh, the subject here is, is, of, of, of this uh, chapter is Krishna. Hmm? Uh, Goswami goes at some length to explain etymological um, uh, meaning of, of the word Krishna. And, and by looking at the word grammatically, he demonstrates uh, that this is not a sectarian name for God, referring to some guy over here or uh, whatnot. But the, the very name, properly understood, is the most perfect and complete nomenclature for the Absolute. Hmm? It speaks of the nature, the word Krishna, the name Krishna, the two syllables Krishna, of the uh, the center, if you will, or the source, hmm, in the most, uh, in simple way, but most comprehensive way. Basically, uh, he shows from the grammar hmm, and from uh, the tantra and so forth that have explained the two syllables Krishna that the implication of these two words is it point is that they point to one who hmm, controls everything by the power of attraction, fatal attraction, yeah, immortal attraction, we should say. Uh, it's fatal, that's for sure, to as far as your material sense of identity goes, that will be destroyed. Hmm? Um, but that won't be the end. Hmm? You'll be drawn into another identity in relation to him and so forth. So, he who controls everything by the power of attraction, charm, affection, describes the, 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 the nature of the controller. I've often said that there are different ways in which we can control. Keep it real simple. We can control someone physically. We can control someone mentally. Hmm? Yeah, the mental control will be more subtle than the physical control, but arguably more comprehensive also. You could be physically locked up, and it's obvious that you're locked up and you want to get out. Hmm? But you could be mentally controlled and not realize you're being mentally controlled and you need someone else to help you maybe get out of that and it's more prolonged and, and so forth, a psychological kind of manipulative type of control. Hmm? So these are both obviously undesirable. So there's control by the body, control by the mind, and then you know the hardest part of the body, but the way I'm speaking about it, it's not. Hmm? So to be controlled by the by the body, by strength, hmm? physical strength, by mental strength, hmm? or by the heart, 
heart's way of controlling is, is not by mental strength, neither it's by physical strength. It looks weak in comparison, but then again, it gives strength to the mind and to the body to, for them to do whatever they can do. So it is a more powerful, in a more subtle way. Hmm? And, um, and control by the heart. If I control you by my heart, then it's very comprehensive, the control. But the beautiful thing about it is that it's not a problem because if I love you, in other words, hmm, if I can conquer you by my love for you, what does that mean? If I conquer you by my love for you, that means that I've gotten you to fall in love with me. Hmm? Now you're loving me. And so it comes back. And now I'm being controlled by you. Hmm? And so we enter into this um, bond hmm? where being controlled, if you will, is, 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 is not a problem. Hmm? Um, and so... Etymologically, the word Krishna speaks about someone who can, who can control comprehensively by the force of attraction, beauty, charm, who is, the center is by nature irresistible. It's not a hard, it's not a stretch to understand because we like ourselves. Why? Hmm? Well, because the self is different than matter. It's alive. <laughs> uh, matter is a dead thing. It really can't respond. I can animate it hmm? and by uh, projecting myself onto it and seem to give it life. But I'm the one that's animating. I'm alive. Uh, so I'm a unit of loving capacity, hmm? a unit of atomic unit of ananda, of being, knowing, and loving. And so it's understandable why we love ourselves. We don't have to, I mean, we have a right to. We should. We do. Everyone does. Either falsely, not understanding themselves, egotistically, or, or I'm talking about in a deeper spiritual, existential sense. We love ourselves, and for good reason. Hmm? We are the object of love in the world. Hmm? And so our source must be all of that that we are just a tiny atomic particle of and more. And there are millions of us, zillions of us, unlimited numbers of us, atomic particles of loving capacity. Hmm? And if we took all of them and put them together, hmm, the sum of the parts does not equal the whole. Om Purnam Arahap Purnamidam Purnat Purnam Mudachate the mathematics of the Upanishads. Hmm? Unlimited emanations from him. Hmm? And the result is that he remains the complete balance. Hmm? Also, we can understand it in this way, because he is the lovable, the source of love. Hmm? The more he gives, the more he gets. The receiving, the giving is there. 
He's, all, he's giving out, he's expanding himself into many, and he's not being diminished. If anything, he's being increased, ever-expanding, such as the nature of love, Prem. It's full, but it's always expanding at the same time. Hmm? So this doesn't. Uh, this is how it's different from our material experience. Hmm? Our experience materially is is does bear this out, but we don't often look closely enough at our material experience to understand it. Again, our material experience does bear out that when we give, we get. Hmm? We grow. Hmm? We don't give enough to, we've gotten enough to, 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 to realize that, that this is the secret of life. This is how life proceeds progressively. Hmm? By giving, you grow. We keep, we get a little experience of it, but we keep gravitating towards taking and thinking we'll grow. By taking, I'll get more. By taking, I'll become better. I'll be happier. I'll grow. We, it's hard, we, human life, we're supposed to learn this lesson human life, we have really the full capacity to give because we, we're coming out from underneath the necessities that material nature imposes upon us when we identify with this, with it, as it does more so in less complex forms of life than it does in human life. We've already had the opportunity to talk about this and more readily engage in voluntary activities, philanthropic activities, activities of giving and voluntary activities, Hmm? Will, exercising the will, loving. Hmm? So, anyway, etymologically speaking, this speaks of the nature of the source in a very well thought out way that, yes, it should be like that. Hmm? What, what we feel we as humans should be. Hmm? We feel we should be givers and doing the right thing, and uh, uh, so he, he's like that in every way. And he's very, he's a lover, so he's very charming. Hmm? So it's speaking like this, and if we understand the word properly, we will not find, the point here is, in the religious lexicons, cross-culturally, or within India, hmm, many different names for God. Hmm. India certainly has more names for God than any other country or any other Hinduism, more names for God than any other religion. There are so many names for God. Mahabharata himself said, Nam Namakari Bahudha. There are so many names for God. Hmm. He's this, he's that. He's so many things. He's very tangible. Hmm. Um, and then we have a few, Jesus, Yahweh, uh, Allah, Buddha, this Buddha, that Buddha, a couple more there. <laughs> uh, you know, you can count them on one hand here. Uh, Hinduism got so many names for God. It tells us something. If you've got so many words for describing that thing, you maybe you looked at it from a few different angles. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's, it's said India is the mother of motherland of 
of religion, really. This is what India has to give to the world. It should stop trying to, to, to give something else or to be something else. It should be what, it, what it, its real wealth is. This, this is one example of hmm, many names of God. It's thought of to be, in the, sometimes in the Christian world, to be um, you know, a proof of its, of its um, um, uh, profane nature rather than its sacred nature. Hmm? One name of God under heaven, Jesus or, or many gods, it's really properly understood many faces of God, many aspects of God, many things that God is responsible for. It's, it's in his inward sense, it's seeing God everywhere. Where is he not? Hmm? Is there anywhere where God is not? So, and then amongst all of those names, I don't know, Jesus means what? The anointed one? Christ? The anointed, I guess Jesus was his first name or something. Jesus, Christ, the anointed one. Yahweh, I don't know what that means exactly, but it's some type of power name. Allah, again, it's like a power name. Creator. These are ideas that from the Gaudiya perspective, about God, names of God, from the Gaudiya perspective, that are secondary names of God. Hmm? Secondary names of God. Primary names of God would be names of, of God, what God's about beyond what he might do in relation to this world, create the world, be the power over the world. So when you say Krishna, it, it implies, well, he's controlling everything, Hmm? But it also, because by bliss, by ananda, by love, hmm? at the same time, it covers the, the, the one side that includes everything that would be in a secondary name for God. God's exercising himself in relation to this world. And, and more so, the other side. Hmm? You understand? Hmm? His loving nature. Hmm. Um, it can be more fully played out on that side. Hmm. Indeed it is. So, a careful analysis, uh, and close under scrutiny, understanding the name of Krishna. We see, oh, this is a very nice name for God. We don't find, um, objectively speaking, another name for God that's more complete. Unless you want to go to something that describes something about Krishna and his loving self, Radhanas. Hmm? But this is within the concept of Krishna. Krishna is his name. You understand? He's the son of Nanda. His name is Krishna. And so he's Nanda Nandan. He's Jashoda Nandan as well. So this is a very, I'm just kind of going over it briefly, but this is a very nice point. Hmm? You think when you chant Krishna Nam, hmm? Hari Krishna, Krishna. Mahaprabhu hmm? gave this this mantra for chanting this Krishna Nam hmm? has great power. Nam Namakari Bahudani Dasarva Shakti. All my Shakti present in the name, hmm? especially this name Krishna. Hmm? 
So it's not a sectarian idea. It's describing, if you, if you look at it carefully, what, yes, that's very appealing. That's what the, the nature of divinity must be. And it also speaks about a divinity and a source, if you will, of ourselves that is beyond what we might think from our vantage point God could be. It's like that and something more. When it should be more hmm? than what we think God's like. We have our, you know, you have the, you have the basic laborer. Hmm? So all day long, he has to carry, um, uh, let's say, uh, yeah, like you see in Costa Rica, you see like um, trying to build a house. So some some laborers there with concrete block. Take one, two, three, four, five, six concrete blocks on one shoulder, carry them up, put them down. Carry them up, put them down all day long. Hmm? So he's in a certain mindset, certain frame of thinking and so forth. And sometimes he might think, boy, I wish someday I had some money. Hmm? I wouldn't have to work like this. Hmm? If I could get rich, then I wouldn't have to worry about this. I mean, if I was rich, what I'd do, the first thing I'd do is I'd buy myself a big foam pad to put on my shoulder. Hmm? And then I'd be really enjoying life. So, you know, is it a, a person, what I'm saying is, we all have a frame of reference. Hmm? What we think would be, you know... <laughs> But we can't think as far, because we have a certain frame of reference. We have a certain idea of what God should be like. And we can't go further. Hmm? Scripture comes to tell us the more that we could have never thought of. You don't have to carry bricks at all. <laughs> what about that? What do you mean? What will I do then? <laughs> you know. So we do tend to you know, push ideas on what God should be like from our frame of reference. Hmm? What it means for God to be good. Hmm? And then we might, so if we don't hear properly about Christian, I would think, that's not good. <laughs> it can't be God. You have to hear properly. But in that hearing properly will take us beyond our frame of reference of what's possible, what, and so forth. So, Ishvara Paramakrishna. Ishvara means controller, and that idea is is embedded. Ishvara is embedded within the Krishna, as I'm describing. But he makes the point further. Krishna the Ishvar. He's Ishvar Krishna, and how is he Ishvar Krishna? Hmm? By his ability to attract all. Hmm? Very charming idea. Hmm? He's only playing, and it's very attractive. What he must be like. He doesn't have to do anything. Only loving. Ishvara, Ishvara, uh, Parama Krishna. And Parama means, Ishvara Parama Krishna. Parama means, he is possessed of, of Parashakti. He's possessed of extraordinary power. Ishvara Paramakrishna Satchirananda Vigraha. Hmm? 
Satchidananda Vigra, a certain, he's possessed of a certain type, a very special power. That power means his parashakti, that means his surup shakti, that means radha. Hmm? Hmm? Radha is, and, and bhakti is brought into the picture uh, in this verse with the word parma. Ishvara parama krishna. Hmm? <laughs> yeah. Ishvara parama krishna. Satchirananda Vigraha. He has a Vigraha, a form. Hmm? Jiva Goswami cites some verses and says, well, it says here that God has no form. He has no form. Uh, that may be. Hmm? He doesn't say it there, but we say, that means he has no form like we know it to be. Hmm? People want to think God must be formless hmm? because he should be unlimited. Hmm? They don't realize how much they're limiting him by not allowing him to have a form. Hmm? Mahaprabhu said, there's a guy in Benares, his name is Prakashananda. We referred to him earlier, the Mayavadi. And he says, God, has, God cannot speak, God cannot see, God cannot hear, God cannot smell, God cannot walk. Hmm? I will destroy him. <laughs> Uh, so, what kind of glorification is that? What you you think? I don't want to say God has a form. I don't want to limit Him. Hmm? No, that is the greatest limitation. Hmm? Form of expression. So, Jiva Goswami, he says, no. He, of course, in other places he explained he has no material form. Hmm? So, some places the scripture speaks like this because because we think what a form is. From our experience, again, we have our experience, what a form is. His form is nothing like that. It may look similar, but whoa, it's way different. Hmm? It's Satchitananda. It's Sat. It means it, it doesn't transform like our forms do that are here today and gone tomorrow. Although it goes through changes, apparently, those changes are all relative to the bhakti hmm? that it's being. Um, that's interfacing with it and each when, when Krishna goes to Mathura and his form changes slightly for the love there it's not that the form in Vrindavan is no longer existing, it's still existing hmm? it's existing in the hearts of the devotees there hmm? it's become invisible by his arrangement but it's always, so it doesn't undergo transformation it's sat it's chit means it's self it reveals itself. It doesn't require anything else to reveal itself. Hmm? Such is the nature of knowledge. It's, it's illuminating. Hmm? So his body, his form, is, he has a form of sat, chit, and ananda. Hmm? He is bliss, and he has a form of bliss. And why does he have a form of bliss? Jiva Goswami explains. He has a form of bliss because he has Paramashakti. Hmm? Paramashakti, Ishvar Parama, Paramamecha. That means because there is Radha, hmm? Krishna has a form. Hmm? Just like we can have a spiritual form because there will be bhakti in our life. Hmm? So Krishna has an extraordinary form 
and it is shaped, given shape by bhakti. Ultimately, bhakti means radha. So there's a little radha in everybody, in every devotee. Hmm? So satchitananda vigraha anadiradir govinda sarva karana karana. He's original, adi, and he's anadi. Hmm? He's the first, and he has no uh, no, one, no one before him. Hmm? He has no beginning. People ask, if God created the world, who created God? Of course, we say God is the uncaused cause. We know the world has a beginning. At least science to say from their perspective that we know the world has a beginning. But it doesn't mean that God has to have a beginning. Hmm? That's not a logical conclusion, that because the world has a beginning, everything else has to have a beginning. Why the world has a beginning? Because it's within time. What's God's position? Well, he, he manifests time, so... <laughs> hmm? Time is the hand of God. Right, it said, "Time I am," he says in the Gita, "destroyer of the worlds." So he's outside of time. He has no beginning. Govinda, and he's also known as Govinda, this Krishna. When we speak of Krishna, then it could mean a number of things. Hmm? It could mean a number of manifestations of Krishna, Krishna in Dwarka, hmm? for example, Krishna in Mathura. But he, no, he says, Anadiradir Govinda. And this word Govinda will be used throughout the fifth chapter. Govinda Madi Purusham Tamaham Bajami. This Krishna who is Govinda, Krishna Govinda, Krishna Govinda. Hmm? The Krishna who is Govinda, Govinda means here a cow herder, hmm? who gives pleasure to the cows. Hmm? And Jiva Goswami explains, this is not to say, huh, he's a cow herder? That's a lowly thing. That's thought to be, well, these are uneducated people. They just take care of cows out in the, in the forest. Huh? No. The name was given to him by who? Who gave Krishna the name Govinda. Indra, the god of God, the king of the gods, the chief of the gods, hmm? after the lifting of Govardhan Hill, came with the sacred bath from his elephant, from the Govinda, with made book Govinda Kund, and named Govinda. Govinda also means the the, 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 like the lord of Indra, hmm? the god of gods. Hmm? And then, of course, cows are not to be taken lightly. From cows come sacrifice. From cows come the Vedas. Hmm? From cows come religion. This is, these are the statements. Hmm? Uh, so, Lord of the cows means that was a very high thing, very extraordinary. Cows only givers. Who is the Lord of the givers? Who Gopal? Who will protect them? Pal means to protect the go, the cows. Hmm? Uh, so this way, and sarva karna karnam, the cause of all causes. So there's some tattva about Krishna, that one who is 
sitting in the forest wondering, where is Radha? He's the Karnakarnam, cause of all causes. <laughs> uh, he's Anadi. Hmm. Uh, he has a form of Satchitananda. He's the supreme controller. Ishwar Parama Krishna. He's the supreme controller. And he's possessed. He, he, uh, he controls everything by his attractiveness. Huh? And he's most attractive, standing next to Radha, who... Paramashakti means really she subtly there controlling him. We'll go back to that. Hmm. This this is not what the verse says overtly, (laughs) but (laughs) but we know we know the facts about him. What kind of facts are those then, you see? So in this way he is Ramana shares beginning some some Krishna tattva at the request. Of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Sri Roy Ramananda ki jai. Shiman Gauranga Mahaprabhu ki jai. Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai. Sri Krishnas Kabiraj Goswami Mahashai ki jai. Gaur Nityananda ki jai. Gaur Bhaktabindagi. Gaur Premanande.